I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm still doing my vocal warm-ups. Welcome to another fabulous day in the life. Mm-hmm. We are reading through the Bible. We're in Acts. We have been reading about Paul, Paul's journeys, and he was recently arrested. If you're not listening to these in order, I'd recommend it. You know it's a lot to get caught up on, but for this one especially, you might want to go back. Um, if you didn't listen to Acts 25, listen to that one first, because we're continuing that story mm-hmm. today. Acts 26, Paul is before King Agrippa. Mm-hmm. He was he, arrested recently, as we've been reading. Yeah. But he was in jail for two years. Oh, for, well, yeah, so time flies when you're in jail. Time flies, yeah, that's what... <laughs> that's what everyone I've That's that old adage. Everyone I've know? known who's been in jail has always said... Yeah, those were the greatest days of my life. <laughs> Best times. So much fun. I forgot I was there for two years. Um, no, but seriously, you're right. I, I didn't mean that. He was recently arrested. He was... In our reading. He, he was, was arrested a few chapters ago. But yes, it does say he um, was like under house arrest or in prison for two years. And then Festus came into power, and he had a short little meeting before him where he appealed to Caesar. Now he's going to be sent to Rome, but before that happens, Festus said, I want you to hear this man um, to Agrippa. Agrippa and his wife, Bernice. Is it Bernice? Oh, I did not. I mean, I assume Bernice was a woman, but it never said... Bernice was. I think it did. Okay, well, anyway, he said, please listen. Yeah, no, it says, oldest daughter of Agrippa I. She was 16 years old at his death. Mm. Wait, when she was 13, she married her uncle, Herod of Chalcis, and had two sons. When Herod died, she lived with her brother, Agrippa II. To silence rumors that she was living in incest with her brother, she married Polemon, king of Cilicia, but left him soon to return to Agrippa. She became the mistress of the emperor Vespasian's son, Titus, but was later ignored by him. Wow, she lived a full life. (laughs) Well, that's a tangent I didn't really mean to go on. Well, if she married her uncle and had a son, then her son was her own uncle. His own uncle. What? Don't start this I'm my own grandpa business right now. It's not, but her son would be her own uncle. Let's get started reading about the Bible. Come back to this. Just an interesting fact. Silliness later. It is silly, but it's interesting. Okay, back to the point. What was the point? (laughs) Chapter 26. Festus said, before I sent him to Rome, I want you to hear him so that I can write down something... For the real, charge. Some, a real charge to send him to Rome with. And that is where we we um, started. Yesterday, Paul came out before Agrippa, and 
Festus kind of introduced him. Um, he said what I just told you. He said, I think it's unreasonable to send on a prisoner without specifying charges against him. Now we will start chapter 26. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised to our fathers that I am on trial today. That is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. O king, it is because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? That. Why don't you go... Keep a little... Go a little further. Two more verses, or three more verses through 11. I, too, was convinced that I ought to do all that that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. So he's giving his, like, backstory. He says, be patient, I'm going to tell this, like, long story. And he tells about how he was raised. Um, yeah, and Agrippa... Ruling over the Jewish people, he would have a lot of interactions with them. Mm-hmm. And Paul is just laying out who he was, which really does make his story that much more interesting. Because when you really do consider the life of Paul, he had nothing to gain by Christ- through Christianity. He had probably some amount of wealth that he was doing all of this on behalf of the chief priests. And if he didn't have wealth, he at least had power that people knew him in different cities as the one who was persecuting the Christians. He's close to the chief priests. He is a star student under one of the best rabbis. Mm Mm-hmm. He has all of this influence, and then he chooses to be persecuted by people yeah. for something that he was persecuting. There, there really isn't any gain for him mm-hmm. to come over. So yeah. it's, it's compelling as a testimony. Yeah, and well, he lays out a pretty good defense when he says, we believe in this. God who's powerful and has made these promises and then he asks why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead and that's I felt like that question was just kind of like yeah what can you say you know he's 
He's made a pretty good point there. How could anybody who really, if you believed in the whole Old Testament and all the prophets, and they did, you know, Elijah did miracles like that too. If God has power to raise the dead, why would you doubt Jesus? He showed time and time again that he was God. And then that he would rise from the dead just fulfills all the prophecies. Like, he's just kind of saying, why can't? You guys see that this is the truth, right? Yeah, it's God does have power over death. Yeah, Elijah did it. I'm trying to think of the other uh, Old Testament well, raisings you, from the dead. You think about that. I'm going to read the next little part here. Um, on one of these journeys, when I was going on to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. I bought about noon, O king, I was on the Lord, on the road. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, go stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and they may place among those who are sanctified by me in faith, or by faith in me. So, kind of recaps his conversion. And it's a little, the words he says are a little different than the last time he told the account of his conversion. Because the first time in Acts, doesn't he, the light just appear and then he says, go to, you know, this is Jesus who you're persecuting, now get up and go into this city and you'll be able to see. But all this specific stuff sounds like maybe that was later revealed to him. Um, yeah. Or or just was not included in that first telling that Paul had. Yeah, I mean, he's giving short accounts. There's always more to the story. It just depends on the audience that he is telling it to and what facts are pertinent. Okay. I mean, he doesn't talk about kicking against the goads ever before. What does that mean? So the goads would be... Like, for a a cowboy, or it's on a, oh, I'm, even though gonna, we live in Reno. Are you going to start talking about things you don't know about, like riding a horse? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, but basically, you think of spurs. If anybody knows what kicking the goads means, you can feel free to email us. <laughs> No, it is. It's is it inappropriate? So, no, it's oh. not. It's spurs, and they would be. It'd be a, a spike, so if, so that the animal cannot move in the wrong direction, and so kicking against the goads is just continuing to fight back, even though it causes pain against someone that's trying to steer you in the correct direction. What was our, we had an Old Testament lesson. Or steer you in a direction. A direction. 
Okay, here there's a little explanation in the Bible. You don't a trust Greek, mine, okay? A Greek proverb for useless resistance, an axe succeeds only in hurting itself. So, I, I can guess. kind of imagine what what you're saying. So, he says, is it, it is hard for you. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. I might have read that like a question the first time. Sorry about that. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So it's hard for you to to take the path of resistance. Or it's hard for you to believe something oh, that's difficult. It's hard for yeah, you to, to accept go... the truth because everyone else is following this whatever bad path. And for you to turn onto the right path would be difficult. Well, I think there's truth in this just in people's lives that a lot of time when they pursue something that is unhealthy or bad for their life, it is painful, but they continue down that path rather than just stopping the pain and going the correct direction. Well, yeah, because making change is difficult, right? Yes, but if it's painful, you would think that people would just say... What's what's that saying people say? The evil I know, or the evil I don't know. Or, you know, like, it's... If you don't know the other option, you stick with the evil you know. Do you know that? Have you heard that? Yeah, but here it's talking about God's will, so it's not the evil you don't know, know, but I I thought it's the devil I know. Maybe. See, it's the morning. I don't remember all my idioms and anecdotes. Or is that pick your poison? Is that also? Now we're going to start with naming as many. Let's stop. We already have the goads. We can... Okay, we got the goads. <laughs> Let's just move on. Okay, so he tells his conversion story. And then verse 19. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven... First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day, and so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses would have would happen, said would happen. I'm sorry, let me read that again. <laughs> I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets of Moses said would happen, that Christ would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. trying to like think of what he just said that why would he get so upset is he's just talking about jesus being raised from the dead mm-hmm. okay doesn't sound insane to us it sounds like we just hear that so often that's like not even surprising you're like yeah jesus raised from the dead but to them that would have been like huh, how could you even suggest such a thing right sure they they're just very skeptical I mean, he's like shouting anything you're out of your mind, Paul. You're insane, you know. I think it's more kind of this 
incredulous kind of mocking thing. Oh, your ball, your great learning is driving you insane. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's that's wow. how I hear it in my head. Okay. But, I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king can is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray that God not I pray God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. <laughs> I don't know, it's just like all funny to me. <laughs> Maybe it's because of how I'm reading it. I'm getting like no, uh, I think, courtroom vibes and I like think Paul does Tom have some Cruise, humor there. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson inspiration here. And, uh, he's, so he thinks Paul, or he thinks King Agrippa believes in the prophets, so he thinks he's got, like, not only, like, been leading in this Jewish area, but he believes the the Bible, partly. That's what it seems, that he has, he believes some of the prophecies will come true. Must have so much respect for him that he's speaking to him in this way, you know. Sounds like they're friends, almost. Do you think you can, in such a short time, persuade me to become Christian? And Paul's response is great. I think that's a great model of what we should say to people who are enemies or, like, in charge of our lives. (laughs) Leaders, enemies, everybody. Short or long, I pray God that not only you, but all who are listening to me will become what I am. Meaning I'm a believer, except that I'm not. (laughs) I hope you don't get arrested for it like I am. Mm -hmm. That's a good response. Do you have anything to say before I finish reading? That's just a few verses. Well, yeah, just... King Agrippa's response is just interesting. Which because one? The, just, do you think do you, you could you think, believe? Oh. Yeah, because it's... Paul is laying out this very salient case, you know? I mean, it's just... It's a good argument. And he's mm-hmm. going through it. And the only objection he has is, are you trying to convince me that your story is true? Mm-hmm. Which is someone's giving testimony yeah you know it's not he doesn't have any holes to poke at it it's not jesus did not rise from the dead it was not happening in a corner he's heard those things before yeah you're the prophets yes i know the prophets and i know jesus claimed to have these prophecies come true so he can't do anything to overturn paul's testimony so what does he do he just attacks Paul's motivation for telling him the truth, mm-hmm. which I think some people still do. I think it's a trick that the devil plays on people. Oh, you only want me to go to church because you want my money. No, I really have no interest in that. You know, I want you to love God and be in heaven with me one day forever. 
it's just it's I don't know it's just very interesting that he doesn't have a defense as well, the king of that area trying to he does not need to defend himself he's the judge he but he was oh. just asked a question king agrippa do you believe in the prophets i know you do and then he doesn't directly answer the question he doesn't say i do and because then what would have paul's next question have been so if you believe in this... Then he would have launched into right. one of his speeches where he could have gone through all of the different things. Right, you believe in all this, so what makes this unbelievable? Or look how he fulfilled all these prophecies. So in a way, he, he knows where the line is going, and he's cutting it off. And he has such a strong resistance he's just trying to, to cut the it gospel. Short. I don't know. Let's keep reading and see what happens. Okay. You probably know, I don't know. All right, verse 30. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice, and those sitting with them. They left the room, and while talking to one another, they said, This man is doing nothing, or is doing... (laughs) I can't read today. It was a rough night last night. Okay. Because of my children, not because of anything else. All right, let me try to read again. They left the room, and while talking with one another, they said, This man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Hmm. So they don't really want to engage in the conversation and get converted, which is fine. (laughs) But they listened to the whole thing, and they said, Okay. He's basically his own yeah, sect. He, He's his own religion now. Correct. But how is this causing us any problems? And he should be free. But because he's going through this appeals process, now he does have to go. As soon as he says, I appeal to Caesar and invoke that right. So they're saying if he had just been sitting here and you, he, you know, asked him these questions, he could have... You could have freed him, but he appealed to Caesar. So now we're kind of stuck having to send him along the way. But Felix knew the same thing, too. He was just waiting for Paul to give him a bribe. That's the only reason no, why he wanted was, to let Paul. Oh, Felix, yeah. But he said, oh, well, I just hope he would give me a bribe to no, come out. No, but he was also trying to keep the people happy. That's why he said he kept him in prison. Yeah, and then the favor between... Yeah, so but Festus doesn't, he seems kind of eager to get to work. Like, remember, this is his third day in office or something. He's not going to sit around and keep him locked up just to appease the Jews. He just wants to, he wants to kind of pass the buck. Like, well, I can't find him guilty, but maybe you can. And now it's all going to get passed up, which is fine. For them, but for mm. Paul, they're saying you he doesn't... There's really... We can't write anything down, right? Well, for, they could write something down. It's just... It would be that the Jewish people claim this or this or this. The Jewish people said he's causing problems. But, yeah, we'll see how it plays out in the future. But I'm imagining if they wrote down something that didn't make sense and it gets all the way up... To Caesar, he'd be like, why did you bring such a 
goofy little case before me that could have been solved at the local level. However, if it's brought all the way to Caesar, and Paul knows that there are death threats for him in Jerusalem, possibly he'll stay in Rome out of their hair. It's not in his territory anymore, so he doesn't have to deal with it. So he's just kind of getting transferred for his safety then. Yeah, it's just Because they kept asking for him to be transferred back to Jerusalem so they could ambush him. He's... Yeah, it's just getting Paul solving the problem by transferring him somewhere else. It's their, I don't know, witness protection, but <laughs> the opposite, prisoner protection. <laughs> prisoner pr- yeah. Which is also a thing. I, I guess. Not as nearly as popularized, but I'm sure. Um... I was going to go off a tangent with that, but I won't. It's not related to the Bible. So. So, yeah, no one really can find a cause worthy of putting him to death. Mm-hmm. There are allusions here to Christ and his trial. No one, the well, Jewish is people. Allusions or just similarities? I guess similarities. <laughs> but, well, you see this correlation where the Jews really don't have a good case against Jesus, and the Jews don't really have a good case against Paul. Right. Gets brought up to the Romans. I know, and, and they pass and it then around. And all the Romans say, I mean, Pilate, yeah. there's really no reason to do this. And Pilate, there's really no reason to do this. And then he's brought in front of Herod's grandson, just as Jesus was sent before Herod. So there is this kind of well it's just it's the governmental system that they have to go through but it still it's and it goes to show how powerful the Sanhedrin and the chief priests are that these rulers take this seriously they don't want to they don't want to just let him free and irritate all these people who are high-ranking Jews even though they're below the the Roman officials, they you know they know it would cause trouble, so they're trying to handle it and make everybody happy. But they know deep down they're not being just because there's no injustice being done. And yeah, so it's but just interesting hearing the hearing the progression of it and taking the time to read it in order every day because. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this. Mm, we talked about it before, and I say it often. I don't feel like Paul gets the attention, or that everyone in the ch- in our church—not just our specific one church, but in our synod or in the church as a whole—gets studied as well as you know Jesus or the prophets. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. And we read the liturgy every week has um the -hmm. readings old testament and then the second lesson is the uh, epistles epistles, and then there's the gospel so we hear like stuff that paul writes all the time but hearing this history of where he went what he went through i think it really kind of sets the tone for all the writings that he'll do rather than you know he just travels around and went on these missionary journeys, which sounds like fun to go on a missionary journey. (laughs) 
But then when you hear about how long and how, I don't want to say tedious, but, you know. Dangerous. Yeah. But this stuff just, he's not being mistreated at this time. He's being, he was being held in what somewhat of a freedom setting. Mm -hmm. At least that's what Felix said. He's being, yeah, like in confinement, can't travel, can't do anything, but he's not being whipped and spit on like Jesus. He's not, you know, snuck out in the middle of the night for a false trial. You know, he's being treated properly as a citizen and, but he has to tell this story again and again to like, well, so far we've heard it told to Felix, Festus, and now Agrippa. And then they just say, oh, yeah, you're, you're fine, but we're not going to let you go. You know, and it's just kind of like, when will this end for him? And it's just an interesting, it's an interesting story to sit down and read the whole thing rather than just a section at a time or one section pulled out, you know, of context. Mm-hmm. Well, the the goal of the government here is not religious accuracy for another religion. No. Like, that's not why it's set Neither up. There's our goal, government. I mean, there's <laughs> our government, Correct. The, the goal of all of these trials is peace. They do not want an uproar. So it's like the words of Caiaphas um, when Jesus was on trial. Better that, that one man die... Better that one, na- one man die for the nation mm-hmm. than for all the people to perish. I paraphrase that. But, and that's... The Holy Spirit says that. I mean, that's what God did f- for the world. Mm-hmm. His only son was sacrificed on the cross so that all of us could live forever. But right. that's probably how they view Paul. It's the much lesser evil. Either a revolt that takes place where we have to flex our power and yeah. put down all of these leaders. I'm not saying I would have made a better decision in their you know, shoes. I'm just saying it's... I was just noting the how interesting the story is when you read it, like this courtroom drama. And as I'm reading through this time, just, and I've said this before, maybe I'm spinning my wheels, but over and over and over again, no one is able to refute his testimony. Right. The, the gospel stands stronger than anything else. The only reason that he's there is political pressure. Mm-hmm. The same is true for Jesus. And the same is true for us now. When we testify, this is what the Bible says, this is what God wants, what are we met with is, that's not the way that it should be, or that's not the way I feel, or whatever. It's just, it's not in line with society, but you can't refute, this is what the Bible says. So, Yeah. Well, that's... That's the end of our chapter today, and we will, we've got, what, two chapters left in the book? Something like that. Yeah, I think 27 and 28, and then we'll, then we'll be starting a different book and learn some more. So until next time. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor Randall, wake up.